Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 33, our season finale, season number one of Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopech coming at you live from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company, as we do each and every Tuesday. I got Dr. Frey back with me. Doc, we got some NFL action tonight on a Tuesday night, a little change of pace. Yeah, it's not too common. You're, you got a couple NFL games on a, on a Tuesday night, but here we are, and sure enough, yeah. one of them is the local game. And it, yeah, we got so we got the uh, the Eagles and the Washington Football Team, and right. uh, you know brings a little bit uh, more of a crowd down to the brewery tonight to check out the games. But you know, let's start off with a quick shout out. So you and Dr. Brad Bernardini, who we've had on here a number of times. Yeah mentioned to me about a week ago that we should make tonight our ATC and PT appreciation yeah. night. That's right. And, and and as an ATC, can't thank you enough. I mean, that means a lot that you guys would think that much of us. And um, so, you know, basically we, we we reached out to all the local athletic trainers and physical therapists and invited them down here tonight for the recording and a great showing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of local high schools, their their athletic trainers are representative. We have a lot of our recon PPTs down here. I'm sure we lost some, uh, secondary to the Philly game yeah. being uh, scheduled for tonight. Well, and, it's, and it's a tough time of year, but yeah, we got, we got yeah. some people here. One of, one of our own PTs, Jess Harrison, who we've had on a couple episodes, right. she had tickets to the game on Sunday, which right. was rescheduled for tonight. So she's at the game. So she couldn't make it down here, but uh, I, had, I had the good fortune of being offered tickets tonight, did you? and I turned them down, man. Got to yeah. do the podcast. Yeah, so I mean, Dan Gorn's down here. We had him on an episode earlier on. Dee Millard's been on a couple. We got them both here. So, you know, you know, obviously wanted to give a quick shout-out to, you know, all the athletic trainers and just want to thank them for everything they do. For sure. But it kind of it, it brought up the, the topic of, you know, hey, like let, let's make this tonight's episode centered around – what it takes to make a good sports medicine team. O- ode to athletic trainers, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, a- yeah, athletic trainers, physical therapists, and yeah, you know, you know, are the feelings mutual? I mean, we only go as far as our physicians go, but right. you know, so you know, let, let's start it off with. I mean, you, you've worked with a number of high schools in, in, in your time. You, yeah. You've done a lot of affiliated, you know, sports teams. Sure. You know, what is it that you look for from your athletic trainer? Yeah. So honestly, for me. In a lot of ways, the, the athletic trainer that you're working with is really kind of an extension of you in, in reality, right? Like you're signing off for yep. the things that they that the athletic trainer does. So, right. you know, trust in their capabilities and mm-hmm. trust in their clinical judgment yeah. and uh, is, is one of the paramount things. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, there's all the kind of the basic things, yeah. being dependable, showing up on time, doing yeah. the right thing and all that sort of stuff. But you're really relying on them to decide when they need you, right? When when yep. when when to kind of go to the next level and, and and ask that question, and when they're comfortable handling handling a lot of this stuff on on, on their own, um, and so so that line that open communication, that line of communication, and and that trust level, I think are kind of the most important things. Uh, I think we're pretty fortunate with the, some of the athletic trainers that we work with here. Yeah. You know, we, we've set up a, a really good relationship. We try to make ourselves extremely accessible um, when, when they need us, mm-hmm. when we're working with them. And at the same time, um, you know, the, the people that we have are, are really yeah. good at what they do. Right? Yeah. It really helps a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just talking about the people that we work with in the office because right. we do. We have a bunch of athletic trainers that are employed here directly in the office. Yeah. But even I'm talking about, you know, out on the field, the guys, the guys that are at the schools and the guys that are in the programs, um, guys and girls and um, all the people that are really kind of out there on the front line handling it. And it's tough. It's tough. You know, from experience. Right. So so let me ask you, since this is more of an um, a note to the athletic trainers, 
What does it take to become an athletic trainer? What is your, if you're, if you're thinking about going down that road, what are you doing? Yeah. So I went to Westchester university, right. uh, early two thousands and believe it or not, Westchester was one of the pioneers of the athletic training program. They were one of the first schools to offer it as a major. Right. Um, so when I was getting in there, it was at the tail end of people that our profession considered the pioneers. I mean, it was the people that wrote the textbooks and, you right. know, and, and they were whatever major in their own college, but picked it up more so as a trade, you right. know, and, and then they got together and was like, you know, we could teach this. This would yeah. be like a profession. So, you know, I, I was really lucky enough that, you know, my first academic advisor at Westchester yeah. was the guy that most of the textbooks I ended up using that four years was written by him. Right. You know, uh, and certainly they were at the career like they were re at the point where they were retiring, getting away from teaching. But, you know, a lot of their values and, and knowledge was instilled in the university. The profession now has switched to a five year master's degree got it where you you go in knowing you're going to be there five years right but you're coming out with a master's now when i went so, so it's a five-year program that five, just, as opposed year. to four years of college and graduating right. with a bs you're going for five years right. bs would be yeah you're going for five years and you graduate exactly with so you know when, when i in, when enrolled in westchester it was still four years undergrad right um somewhere near the end and i don't know the specific number back in 2006 when i graduated but right. i want to say it was something like 76% of athletic trainers had their master's degree. Right. So it was like, if you want to stay afloat, you know, if you, if you want your resume to be at the top with most of everybody else's, you're going to need that master's degree in something. Right. That kind of led me on like, well, I'm going to go ahead and get my master's. And truth be told, you know, to be honest, Doc, at the end of my four years, I didn't even really know which avenue I wanted to go down to. Like, did I want to be in a high school setting? Did I want to be in college? Did right. I want to be more non-traditional? Like, sure. you know, maybe one of the recon ATCs. Yeah. I got an amazing opportunity with a professor named Dr. Sandra Folks Godak at Westchester. Okay. Who was a leading researcher in hydration. Uh -huh. um, you know, she was actually kind of a little bit opposite end of, of like the research on like Gatorade and things. And, she, you know, she really? was out there saying Gatorade's not the only answer and right. it's definitely not the answer. Right? right. So she had just been approved her first graduate assistant. And I was like, I, I, I want to do this. Like yeah. I, I'm all in. So I, you know, I applied with her. I luckily got the position. So it was one of those where I got the position where I was working for the university having my tuition kind of, you know, paid for through that, you know, partnership. Tremendous. And with that, so I was basically 30, 35 hours a week helping her with her research. And her research, oddly enough, was centered around the Philadelphia Eagles and the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. So I was going away to training camp with her, which mm -hmm. at the time, like teams went away. So we went to Lehigh University and we would right. stay there about six weeks. Yeah. And we were collecting data. We were collecting sweat samples, urine samples, blood samples, the whole nine yards. Right. Not only did I get, you know, an amazing amount of knowledge instilled upon me through the research aspect. Yeah. That's when my career really took shape because I was in those professional athletic training rooms. Yeah. And I'm looking at the likes of Jimmy McCrossin, right. who is co-owner of the Energy Lab here right. in Pittman with us. Great guy. Great guy. We're lucky to be able to work right. with him. I right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I look at him as, you know, one of the pioneers. And his, and his full-time job is? And director of sports medicine, head athletic trainer for the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. I remember just watching him command the room and right. just what he knew and, and, and how the players just hung on to every word and 
you know, just, you know, the, the efficiency that he ran a room, practice, yeah. game day, you know, post-game, pre-game. Yeah. And same thing with her. There was a gentleman named Rick Burkholder uh, and Chris Beduzzi that were with the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, this was mid-2000s. Right. Uh, Rick Burkholder is still with the Kansas City Chiefs. He yeah. went with Andy Reid when he left. Yeah. Is that is that after Otho? Um... A- after Otho Davis, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I think Philadelphia was really lucky and nobody really knows it but you know our four professional sports teams have phenomenal athletic trainers uh but anyway i, I watched guys jimmy mccrossing chris Beduzzi, rick yeah. burkholder and i was like that's what i want to do right and it was through that kind of research graduate assistantship where i was like pro sports man like i'm, I'm gonna do whatever i can to get in there yeah and it wasn't really until that i, I knew that that's what i wanted to do right and, and that's where my career took me so i think that's a that's a, and you alluded to a little bit yeah, um in terms of when you're talking about as you're going through the training and kind of figuring it out, what what are some of the other options at this point? You know, I think I think the world's kind of opened up for athletic right. trainers. What are some of the other uh, other avenues that an athletic trainer coming out of school can, can mm-hmm. could consider? I mean, there's now athletic trainers in military settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's athletic trainers employed by big time companies like Amazon, right? right. Where there's an athletic trainer what, in their what, warehouse. Yeah, uh, what are they doing in that role? Helping. Uh, Injury prevention, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can cut down the cost of uh, workers' compensation, right, right. At, at a company like Amazon, right. a factory worker, you know, incorrect lifting techniques or yeah. getting hurt on the job, right. a lot of them have an athletic training room in these warehouses where we can treat the injury for a few weeks. Kind initial of, management. Yeah, initial management. Maybe it prevents it from even getting to workers' comp. Right. And certainly one of the big things that has taken off since I graduated is you know, what we refer to as the non-traditional, but also clinical setting of an athletic trainer with a physician right in the office. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think, you know, recon, I think uses them to their fullest extent. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you have one of the best ones, right? And Carrie, I work with Carrie, uh, Carrie Lipanski. She's fantastic. And and she knows it. And and I think, I think we were fortunate enough to, to recognize the, the, just, just what an advantage and how valuable the athletic trainers can, can be in the office. Right. Um, they're really well trained. They really know their stuff. They're extraordinarily helpful. Right. Um, and you know, especially in this setting where, um, I think that would hold true in almost any medical office, but particularly in an orthopedic office and even more particularly in an orthopedic sports medicine right. office, right? Right in right. That, that scenario in that setting. So yeah, no, we, uh, here at Reconstructive, we employ a number of, le- of athletic trainers within the office right. and within the system. And we also employ some to be somewhat of our liaisons between yep. some of the other athletic trainers that are out in the field, uh, the other, the, the, the local schools and yep. um, local colleges yep. and whatnot. And yeah, no, it's, 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 um, it's, speaking it's speaking to the ones directly in the office with you, whether it's it's Kerry with you or obviously there's multiple docs in an office, right, right. I, I would think that there's a certain level of efficiency that they bring that just keeps the day yeah. moving smoothly. Yeah, right? I would also say proficiency, right? Like, yeah. like, like half the time that, you know, um, they're going in and doing the, you know, kind of getting the patient situated and getting things set up, but also going, going through a little bit of a quick eval. Yeah. And, and they can really indicate to me, give me an idea of what's, right. of course, I'm going to go and do my own evaluation, sure. do my own assessment, kind of come up with my own. But, you know, nine times out of 10, they're, 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 they're figuring it out yeah. right along the way and kind of guiding you along. And it just it makes you, you know, being able to predict, oh, he's going to need an x-ray for this. Oh, he's not going to need an x-ray. Just, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's great. Yeah. And then, you know, the things that I think most people don't know is when we're 
or not we, when you are like a team doc for a school or, or a team, mm -hmm. that's in addition to what you do nine to five in terms of the office for, for reconstructive orthopedics. Yeah, as a, I, as a doc. Yeah. And I think like most people think that the, and let's use the Eagles, not because they're the local team, but because I'm watching two screens with them on the game right now. But, Lucky dog, I have my back to it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think most people would assume or would think that the team docs for the Eagles are there on site right. all day long. But the truth of the matter is they're seeing their own patients. It, it, you know, adding on the Eagles is really just extra work for them. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's, it, you're right. It's additional work. Yeah. I, I don't, I think the way you phrased it is um, almost makes it sound like burdensome. And I guess at times, yeah. like, like it can really, really kind of bog you down if you got, yeah. if you got a ton of stuff to do, but that's the fun, right? Right. right? Like that's, that's, that's yeah. the cherry on top. And when what, you get to participate what makes you want to do that? Just enjoyment of yeah. it, right? Like you really mm -hmm. enjoy that aspect of things. That's why I went into this field in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, you know, to be able to be out there, the camaraderie, working with the athletes and working with the guys, yeah. working with the trainer and um, being very involved and very right. excited. And, you know, it's more than just it's not just rooting interest, but like part of you and like yeah. in, the, in the in the competition, in the games. The ex-jock ex jock in you almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you know maybe, maybe that's why I yeah. I was a jock. That's why right. I participated in sports through the years growing up, because I love that part of it. And then right. and then you get to kind of still live out a little piece yeah. of that and it's yeah, yeah. it's great yeah it's, yeah i yeah. love it at, at what point does it become difficult for you to manage both like the clinic and the sports side of things this point no 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 <laughs> yeah no, i mean think about to like the afl right i mean right. you know i mean it, it was not easy managing the caseload that the afl put on you in addition to your normal responsibilities of course not right like yeah. so so this is this is the extra time and the, yeah. the real struggle is you know, if I was a single guy living alone, yeah, heck yeah, yeah. it's great. What a, right. a few, fewer ways, better ways to spend your time. It's awesome. Yeah. But when you have a family and you're being peeled away from your family, yeah. that that becomes a challenge. Right. So, so it, it, it's tough. As long as you, I guess you keep sort of in check yeah. within reason. Even hear the podcast, right? right? Like, I have so much fun the nights that we do the podcast. Yeah. It's great. But you and I talk about it. There's a lot of work that goes right. into it. A lot more than I think yeah. meets the eye. Yeah. And, and, and choosing what the top is going to be. Securing a guest if we're going to have yeah. a guest. Always doing a little bit of research into that particular injury. Right. And sometimes a little bit of just, just research or back, back review yeah. of, of treatment of that injury. So you make sure that everything you're talking about is, is current and, yeah. and, 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 and on top of it. Listening to the show after it's produced, getting right. the show uploaded. Like, there's, 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 yeah. there's much more that goes into it than meets the eye, right. but it's fun. Right. So, so it makes it worth it. I'd say the same thing holds true with game coverage and being yeah. involved in sports. As long as you, as long as it doesn't trip all of your free time, there's a little bit of a balance there. You can give up a night here and a night there in exchange for uh, the enjoyment and the fun of being involved. But on the flip side, you, you got to make sure you do set set away some time, you know, priorities and, and spend that time with your family. Yeah. I mean, I, I could say so. I, I've been the athletic trainer for two different professional sports teams, you right. know, which spanned about 15 years total. Um, and so I, I've always been very lucky that all of my sports doctors were very much on par with my, you know, my commitment to the team. Right. And. You know, I've heard some horror stories where some of the team doctors, it's like, oh, I love being the team doctor as long as it kind of fits my schedule and I'm right. going to come and go as I please. But I are think you helping anybody then? Right. And I think like most of the, like the audience and, you know, most people may not realize like 
you know, the, what the athletic trainer is doing, like that's their full-time job and that's what they're committing their life to right. and, and their family's lives and time away from home. Yeah. And our job only becomes that much difficult if we can't get what we need from the doctor. Yeah. Right. So that, that actually brings up a question. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know yeah. where you're heading with this, but so the, what, what is it? What, what do you value in that relationship? What's the most important yeah. aspect of that relationship from the athletic trainer side of yeah. the equation? It's a great question. I mean, I would say first and foremost is always communication. Just, you know, the back and forth. Can I reach you when I need to reach you? Right. It, can I reach you in an emergency first and foremost? Right. But if I have a question about this, but you know, like our lives would be centered around these teams and, I would have five to six people hounding me, whether it was GMs, coaches, ownership. Is this guy playing? Yeah. What's the status of this guy? I can only go so far, right? Like right. I, I reached out to the doc. Could I get him an x-ray? And it's yeah. like, well, you know, he's kind of busy. Right? He told me he's kind of busy. But the truth of the matter is the, the GM. Not us, I hope. No, no. no. <laughs> well, I was going to get to that. But, you know, that comes down to the athletic trainer. Like right. I'm not doing my job, but re realistically, I'm relying on somebody else yeah, to do a lot of my point. job, you know? Like I can't even order an x-ray for somebody when it's like, I feel like he needs an x-ray, but yeah. I got to get the doc to write a script or send the script now sure. electronically. I think one of the first conversations I had with Dr. Murray, mm -hmm. Dr. Brad Bernardini, and Dr. John Gray, I just remember being at that interview when I was going through this transition where I was with the Philadelphia Soul. We had yeah. a different group of medical uh, physicians, not for any reason other than just we were changing locations and a new medical group was coming in and yeah. essentially meaning I had a different employer at that point. Right. I remember just looking at them and just saying like, why is it that you guys want to do this? Because I'm not sure you realize how much I need you. And if, if I don't feel like you guys were committed, right. I might not do it. I was kind of at that stage in my life where I was like, I want to do this, but... If it's going to be a burden and I'm going to be tracking you down and yeah. like, hey, I got a guy that needs a physical because we need him to play on Saturday. Right. But you're telling me, well, I can't really see him till next week. It's like, well, I don't feel like having that argument then with Ron Jaworski, you right. know, like and they looked at me and just said, yeah, yeah we're, we're fully invested. This is this is what we want. We want this as a practice. We're, right. we're all in. Yeah. I've never been. All right. Let's do it then. You know, but without that commitment, it's like. I'm kind of left out on an island, just sure. kind of doing the best I can with two hands and, you know, and totally hung out to dry, hung out to dry. Yeah. And like I said, no one's ever going to call a physician and yell and scream at them, but yeah. they'll get on the ATC. Hey, they will. Or I guess you're right. <laughs> but yeah. not as quickly as they get on the ATC. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, we, we can only go as far as no matter how much I'm committed, I can only go as far as my physician commitment. And like I said, two professional sports teams, yeah. three different physicians yeah. or physician groups. Right. And I've had nothing but good things, yeah. you know, and um, the group that we left, I wish we didn't have to leave because they were great physicians, great doctors. It was just more political, I guess. It was sure. just, you know, a, a change of the guards a little bit, mm -hmm. but I, I've been very lucky, but I, I've heard horror stories and, you know, actually uh, Brandon Olea, who we've mentioned on a couple other episodes has, you know, since joined the recon team, he's yeah. been with some different physicians. Right. I'm sure he has some stories where, you know, it's like, hey, what a great addition he's been, but, but, but yeah, I digress. Yeah. Behind the scenes a little bit with the, yeah. with the podcast. I mean, he's, he's definitely sure. a special contributor. We've mentioned him in the past and yeah. uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later as we move forward into the new year. But um, we've all had horror stories. I mean, right. You know, it's, it's when the team docs yeah. and the athletic trainers are on the same page, man, it's a beautiful thing. It, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. You know, when, when we did the blackjacks, that was a little more challenging, right? Yeah. So, so. With the Blackjacks, they were in Atlantic City, and we were 
we were Sewell was probably the maybe the closest mm-hmm. office, it one was, of the yeah. closest offices at that. So then you know that's a good forty-five minutes away, yeah. probably right. maybe even a little more, right? So so we're trying to do our best to manage mm-hmm. from from a little bit of a distance, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And the athletic trainer that was that was positioned out there, and we really relied on him a lot. Steve, I don't know if you remember Steve as our, our as our athletic trainer, and he really that guy worked his butt off. Yeah. He really, he, you know, he did a good job. I gave him grief. <laughs> You know, and I, I guess this is this is life, right? Like the, what you do is, you know, at the beginning when we were first getting started, they were ordering uh, jerseys for us. So what do I give him grief on for the whole year? I wanted an extra large jersey. I was right. all excited to get the jersey, yeah. and he ordered me a large, and I was pissed. Yeah. So, and not that I was really right, pissed, right? right. And, and the truth is, that doesn't really mean a whole lot, yeah. right? Like, so it's something I can be angry about, and it doesn't mean anything. Mm. You know, I guess you know when everything was anything is significant. And then actually, this holds true in the OR, right? Like, if something is important, something happens, something significant. There was a guy that I used to work with. Uh, he was one of my attendants. His name's Harry B. And in the OR, this particular guy, he would lose his mind at times. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he had that reputation. You know, he'd get a big yelling and screaming in the OR, throwing stuff. Something would happen. Everybody kind of ducks and whatnot. Yeah. Unless it was important. Yeah. If it was important, then it was really kind of like eerie and odd to see what happened. So if something significant actually happened, Everything slowed down. Mm-hmm. Everything got calm. Um, like like in, a, in, yeah. an, in an NFL game. Like yeah. that's what you want out of your quarterback, right. right? Like the guy that sort of loses his mind and starts to fall apart at that point in time is a, is, is a guy that's not winning you the game. Right. Everyone else around him gets nervous. Everyone yeah. else gets jittery, and your performance fades. Right. So so you know, working with Steve, he had to, he had the man, you know, man the castle the, right. almost himself yeah. in a lot of ways out there. And we made ourselves available to him all the time. I'd give him grief all the time about yeah. the strategy thing. But if whenever it was important, yeah. right there, had his back. And, and he was actually a former student of mine with the soul. And right. I remember the work ethic he brought as an intern, right. you know, was just, you know, incredible. And I think, you know, I was able, you know, one thing I'm proud of, I can say, I think I instilled a lot of my work ethic into him. He worked his butt off, I, man. He just remember, I remember yeah. him just calling me at eight at night and he yeah. was still at the facility. I mean, funny, funny story. I mean. I remember I, I stepped into the soul kind of last minute. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like, we want you to take it. And I was real comfortable in baseball. I had started kind of finally making some headway with affiliated ball, USA baseball. Right. All my contacts were in baseball, not in football. And then I finally decided to take it. And I said, you know what? They're going to get the best that they've ever had. But I was also overwhelmed with football. Yeah. I, I have 35 guys in the training room, uh, you know, and managing injuries it's it's training camp you know guys are going down left and right i remember at least five or six occasions where worked all day and it was it was, it was a nice setup like I, I could usually get out of there on a good day by about three o'clock four o'clock yeah i would go home sleep till about 11 drive back to the facility work through the night nobody was there so no you know nobody would come in and say can you can you work my ankle out can you stretch this 11 till about five in the morning i'm I'm doing paperwork i'm organizing files i'm doing things that i can't do when there's 35 guys in there no matter how hard you try you can't get it done. five o'clock would roll around guys would start rolling in for treatment but they had no idea i had been there all night yeah and I think I'm bringing that up because I know I'm not the only one, right? Like right. athletic trainers just do that naturally because it's like we're just that invested in doing the best job that we can. Yeah. But I can't do it when there's that many guys there. And the room's got to be ready. And the room's got to be ready, right? You yeah. know, or 
or, you know, before I'm leaving one night, it's like, ah, oh, man, the whirlpool's not, the drain's broken, right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm there all night trying to fix the drain so that yeah. the first guy there in the morning can use the hot tub, you right. know, and things like that. And I saw a lot of the same things in Steve, yeah. you know, and like I said, he, he stepped in kind of last minute. Right. We didn't know we were getting the blackjacks right away. Right. And, um, but we pieced it together. And then the end of that year, 2019, the American or the Arena Football League awarded us with medical staff of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Nice for, for our, you know, for our efforts. So, you know, and I think that kind of leads into, you know, our topic on, you know, we watched the NFL this week and that's what a lot of the episodes of the past couple months have been centered around. But yeah, you know, let's give a quick shout out to the athletic trainers that we work with here yeah. at Reconstructive Orthopedics out there in the community, right? right. We got uh, Jim up at Rancocas Valley, yeah. Danielle at Glassboro High. Yeah. Thank you so uh, much. That's yep. who I work with the most. Right. right. Uh, Marissa at Cumberland. She's yeah. with Dr. Evering. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Bryles. Bryles uh, yeah. He's a big one at Delcy High School. Yeah. Uh, Athena, Dominic, Rachel at the yeah. Black Horse Pike School District. Guy and Katie at, at, a, at a Clearview. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and we don't see you guys on an everyday basis, but we know you're out there putting the efforts in and, you know, you know, certainly recon appreciates that not that we're in any way affiliated with you other than we're your team doctors but yeah. again this is atc appreciation night so let's not forget the ones that we work closest with but sure so we we see it again in the nfl right i mean yeah awful week of injuries chaos yeah right and, and some pretty I, pretty like legit scary injuries and, and then like hey let's, before we even talk about that let's just talk about i'm sure all these atcs high school college nfl we've all taken on different roles when it came to covid and I mean, the NFL was ravaged by COVID cases this year. Right. Or by this, but this if past the job week. wasn't hard enough going already. Right. Yeah. As if we weren't doing enough, now we're we're probably doing temp screenings and we're doing all this. And um, man, a different skill set that we had to take on. Yeah. At the drop of a hat. And and learn all of this yeah. like additional information and mm -hmm. protocols and how are we going to do this? And a lot of it is kind of on a fly, right? Like it kind of changes stuff right. as we as we learn more. Right. Just, right. just, yeah, absolute craziness. But we, uh, we saw a bunch of, you know, NFL injuries. And, and like you were just talking about scary ones, right? Right. Yeah. And the first one that kind of jumps out to my mind was the, uh, the Chargers game, Chargers-Chiefs Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams goes down on a play. The medical staff runs out there. You know, yeah. big-time receiver, right. one, one of the star players. Not that that matters, but all attention's probably on whether or not he's going to come back into the game. And then, you know, they cut to commercial break. Yeah come back they run the next the very next play yeah they're their tight end donald uh parham, parham. i'm saying yeah. that right donald parham yeah. jr even scarier injury right, right. goes down arms yeah. kind of locked yeah know, yeah you, you know. see that position right oh, never a good thing right yeah. and then even when they spine board them if you think mm -hmm. about it i mean those arms are still, still locked in there yeah. and obviously i don't want to say my first thought because my first thought is hoping that the player's okay but sure you know what i jump to a lot of times the fact that someone like one of those athletic trainers nights just has changed. Right. You know, so yeah. I think about me now with kids and maybe telling my wife, like, hey, you know, going over the schedule. This is our practice schedule, this is our game schedule. Yeah. I can pick the kids up Monday. Yeah. I a hundred percent I can guarantee you an athletic trainer's life to change because he spent the night in the hospital with parham the whole night, with him. you know yeah. and, and and he he didn't he, he didn't gripe he knows it's part you know but what he does we just it's just boom just like that we yeah. are right there with him right you know you know before we get into some of the other injuries yeah. you could tell me what i thought was an incredibly interesting story something yeah. that uh, jim mccarson had shared with you yeah. you know would you mind really yeah. you know, sharing uh, that with our listeners you know so uh jimmy from the time i was interning 
and to be very clear, I was not Jimmy's intern, right? right. And because I don't want to make it sound like I was interning for the Flyers, I, right. I was interning for the university who had a contract with Jimmy to collect data on research, right? But I had that amazing opportunity to just observe Jimmy, and yeah. like I said. So that's when I first got introduced to Jimmy. It was about 2006 through through, through 2008. Yeah. And and thought nothing but the best of him. He was the top notch of, of everything I wanted to be. Right. And it wasn't really until the Energy Lab, you know, where I'm talking to him more, I'm seeing him on like a weekly basis at this point. Right. And, he, you know, he mentioned something to me and he said uh, there was like a prospect um, from Europe, Russia, one of those living with him he had just gone through surgery yeah and i, I looked at him kind of like man like i never really talked about that but i would do that all the time right and he looked back at me like no oh, no he's like of course i would like, right. he's like i i treat i always say i treat those kids like they're my own and i was like i did the same thing and it was really the first time because the soul and the camden river sharks were not on the level of jimmy mccrossin and the flyers but yeah, 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 yeah. i always said i treated those those guys like they were my own son you yeah. know and jimmy said word for word said to me he's like we treated we treat those kids like if, if my son was over and playing in russia i would want someone to make sure he's okay right and I mean, it, it, was, it was a full commitment. I, I remember guys just coming off of like meniscus surgery, but yeah. would tell me they lived on the fourth floor of their apartment. Yeah. All right, well, then you're going to stay with me for the first few weeks because I want to make sure you're non-weight bearing. You're not trying. I don't want to. I want to make sure that you, you're not worrying about getting up and down stairs. Right. And, you know, don't worry about, you know, well, I'll, I'll make sure there's food in there for you. Things like that. And right. um, to hear somebody like Jimmy say that it, it was the first time I was ever like, Maybe I was all those years I was close closer to him than I really ever thought. Sure. Um, even my wife, I, I was telling you off air, like I remember my wife cooking like pasta dinners to send over to the guy that just had like uh, labrum repair on his shoulder in right. the sling, in the who, recliner. Who can't cook for himself. Right, who can't yeah. cook for himself. And, yeah. you know, he's from Texas, so we don't know when he's getting home. And yeah. How's he going to, you know, he doesn't even have a car up here. So how is he going to get back and forth to get food and things like that? And, and, you know, maybe, maybe not a job requirement, but a dedication no. to the job that's going to make, you know, and certainly and, and I didn't I didn't bring that up to, you know, congratulate myself. I think sure. any athletic trainer, the ones that we just mentioned, the ones in the NFL, we just do that because it's in the best interest of the athlete. Right. You know, and yeah. and, it, and it goes it goes unnoticed right. and, and we don't care about that right we do it that's not we why you're doing it no yeah. we do it because it's the right thing to do so so you know i find it interesting right so when i when i was in college yeah. you know, a million years ago and <laughs> uh you know in in high school we played a bunch of sports yeah. and we had athletic trainers that were there and then we get to college and you have dedicated athletic trainers that are taking care of your team when yeah. you're um when you play sport in college and i i took um I took a class with Chuck. I told the story yeah, about yeah. Chuck yeah, earlier, yeah. <laughs> one of the earlier episodes. And I took a, I took a class actually with Chuck. And um, I, I think it was athletic training or some injuries mm -hmm. or whatever it was. I forget exactly the title of the course. And, you know, I learned how to tape angles. And, right, right. and for me, it made sense. Right? Like yeah. I, I kind of had an uh, inclination that I was going to go, I was going to try to go into sports medicine. Yeah. I thought these are valuable skills for me to have down the road. Right. And I remember actually having the conversation at that point in time with some of the other people in the class that like, no, no. Like, I was like, you know, what are you majoring? Like athletic training. And then and, and like, and like oh. no, that, that actually is yeah. the major. Right. That's what we're doing. Like right. that's our major. We're, this, it is a career. This is yeah. a profession. And I was in, in my mind, I was like, oh, I felt like those were the assistants that helped out, you yeah. know, during the games and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. And, and well, that's like, what I, I think most people see us on game day right. with the water. Right. And 
And that's what they perceive. Right, right. The level of dedication, I don't think it's recognized right. or understood. The level of education, how much you guys are taught, and mm -hmm. how much time goes into it and how much you know. I don't think it gets yeah. truly appreciated. I really yeah. don't. And yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's admirable. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and certainly I appreciate that, but I, I know that there's others out there who, who put the same amount of effort forward that I have. And, and I'm sure they would be happy to hear that too. Sure. You know, and there was another one, right? Teddy Bridgewater. Or, yeah. I mean, real scary, scary man. One, right. Yeah. I mean, um, Carrie sent me a text as soon as it happened. Yeah. Yeah. She, you know, she's like, I think I got your topic for next week. Right. And, you know, now and then right. we had been already been planning, potentially trying to do this, this th type yeah. of a show this particular right. week. Right. But, but yeah, yeah. Really scary. Yeah. And actually, uh, if you, if you look, there's um, fortunate, unfortunate when it comes to the level of the NFL, but there's photos, right, of Teddy Breen put, he's on the stretcher being loaded into the ambulance, you know, outside the, uh, the stadium. Uh -huh. And believe it or not, I mean, you can see the guy at the head of the, at the stretcher in the, in the ambulance is one of their athletic trainers of course. on board, right. heading to the ambulance, like I said. And running the show, running maybe the told, program. Maybe That's told his wife I'd be home by eight that night, but yeah. I mean, he may not have got home that night, that day at all. Yeah, you know, and, probably did not. You know, and and you know that that's what you want. So so it's it's you know, when we're we're on a field, right? Like we yeah. uh, this past year, you know, I work with with Danny Danielle Williams at yeah. class for a lot of times when we're covering our games. Pretty standard protocol, yeah. right? There's an injury. She runs out into the yeah. field. She kind of does the assessment. If it's uh, if she needs me, she waves me on. Yeah. I tend not to, to sprint out there too soon. Yeah. Let her do her job. But when you have those types of injuries, you know, the head injuries, the neck injuries, and whatnot. Um, she'll typically you run point. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and like that's the understanding and you want, you want one captain of the ship you know, right. at that point, if I need to be the captain of the ship, yeah, fine. But, but yeah. typically, and I, you know, I guess that I imagine that held true in that particular injury. And that's yeah. why you had the and, athletic trainer. And once he's the head of the, of the, of the kind of the show there for that yeah. moment, he sees I, it through. Yeah. He, from start to finish. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Oddly enough, we, I mean, so we, we made it 33 episodes now, mm -hmm. which I, I mean, maybe we touch on that. I mean, did we ever see us? breaking this into seasons and 33 episodes in season one right Heck no um but we we somehow avoided the topic of of concussions i don't want to say avoided but we it was always like the topic that yeah we can almost right. do it whenever we want because there are so many of them right and every time we get another good topic we went right. in that direction because like i think the concussions are always relevant yeah um always relevant always relevant we could go down the, you know whether it's parent coaching education yeah. athlete education community awareness and we can wind up doing 10 episodes on this one right, right exactly and you know but then we didn't want to pass up like the scapular fractures or the pcl tears right. or, you know things that don't happen all the time exactly but you know we, we wanted to let everybody know that so season two yeah uh we're going to have our recording on january 18th and we usually release them a day or, or two days later right? yeah Thursday we, night. we usually do it tuesday and i wind up posting it usually thursday night with the hope that it'll be ready to go for people to listen on their morning commute on Friday. Right. So we, we already have it. We have a great, we have four weeks now to plan out. I think it's going to be our, our biggest episode yet. So, right. you know, we're, we're finally going to go down Who the road with concussion. Up? So we have Dominique Williams, yeah. a South Jersey product of Shalik High School. Yeah. Played in the NFL. And, you know, it sounds like his career was cut a bit short due to multiple concussions. Right. Scary um, stuff, man. He has now led on a path of bringing awareness to concussions, letting parents, coaches, players know about signs and symptoms. Yeah. When to sit it out, right? The whole, you know, when in doubt, sit it out. Sure. Um, and he's going to be joining us on January 18th here at Neck of the Woods. So we invite you guys down. 
also we're going to be, uh, you know, we mentioned Brandon Olea, he, he, you know, he's going to be taking over a lot of our social media content. Yeah. So he, you know, he's going to be plugging. So I think we're going to have a little bit more, uh, of a presence when it comes to that, we're going to follow up episodes with whether it's diagrams or, or, or you know, just illustrations, illustrations whatever yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I, when I go off on my 15 minute, you know, right. lecture on God knows what, right. nobody can understand what the heck right. I'm talking about. You know, a picture speaks a thousand words. Maybe I could cut those down and people can just look, you know, take a look at the, uh, at the, at the social media yeah. website. So there's another prime example of an athletic trainer taking on something outside their <laughs> job responsibility. So, you know, well want to give a big shout out to Brandon, but thank you. you know, we just want to, you know, first and foremost, thank all of our listeners, yeah. uh, 33 episodes in a season. We only continued it because it seems to be growing week to week. Sure. And uh, we're really looking forward to kicking off 2022 season two, episode one, January 18th, um, you know, with a big topic. One that, like you said, Doc, we, we might end up making this a two part, three part. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to it again. Yeah, sure. I'm sure we will. So we want to we just want to thank you guys all for listening. Doc, how about you? Yeah, no, same thing, man. Yeah. Happy holidays, everybody, yeah. and looking forward to season two. Yeah, have a safe and happy holidays to you and your families, and we'll catch you guys in a few weeks. In the meantime, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and focused on you approach, covering all of your orthopedic needs, the Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance destination. As always, Neck of the Woods Brewing Company for hosting us each and every week, for having all these athletic trainers and physical therapists down here tonight taking care of us, Brian behind the bar, has the Eagles game going? We yeah. appreciate that. We got to get Frank back on. Got to get Frank back on. I know on. he's been, he's been, you know, his kids uh, yep. play, play soccer and he's been involved yep. in a lot of that, yep. but soon enough. And again, before we leave, uh, our, our good friends at Timber Real Productions, Joe Warner, our on site producer, and Kyle Miller, Miller, our editor. Not sure where this podcast would be without you guys, so we thank you. Have a safe and happy holidays, and we'll catch you guys next time. Great season.